All right. So for the definitive answers, Trends Journal. So we got to go. Gerald Salente is the publisher. He's been doing this since 1980. It feels like it's been that long since we've talked, though. I think it was probably right around the uh, 2008 meltdown, which uh, both Gerald and I expected. And so, Gerald, welcome to WGN Radio. Well, thanks. You know, I I lived in uh, Chicago. I lived in Evanston actually for uh, for seven years. Wow. Wow. Back in the, back in the seventies, and Wang Dang Doodle, you can't do that anymore. No going out to play, not allowed anymore. Oh, no Wang Dang Doodle anywhere. Yeah, exactly. It's against the law, <laughs> which is, you know, it's it's so interesting. Of all the things that I thought might have happened, this wasn't it. And uh, I'm firmly convinced that uh, I used to say the fastest measurement of time was the time between a shooting and the call for gun control. But that's been greatly eclipsed. The fastest measurement is the time between the announcement of COVID-19 and politicians jumping on it for their agenda. And it seems, if anything, to be getting worse, not better, politically speaking. Oh, I'm, I'm with you 100 percent. I mean, we've been writing about this in the Trends Journal since it began. You know, our January 28th uh, cover was coronavirus, 106 dead in China. <laughs> and our next line was 1.4 billion still alive. Right. And what, are you, what are you telling me 106 people died in this place? We had, what, 1.5 million people die every year from air-polluted related diseases? That's why they wear masks, all you people that became Chinese now that are wearing them. You know, this whole thing, you know, the media blew it up. We we had the quotes from Jeff Zucker from CNN telling his staff to keep going with this because uh. people were tuning in and their ratings were going up. And then the politicians, as you uh, pointed out, it's a power trip and they grabbed it. Oh, yeah. Well, fear is the greatest motivator. Politicians live for these moments where they can instill fear in the population because people lose their minds at that point. Now, I'm firmly convinced, and I don't know if you've written about this in Trends Journal, and by the way, I love the current cover, E-Maskulation. That's just classic and uh, great graphic, too. But I'm convinced this came out of the Wuhan lab. I don't think it was bioterrorism. I think that it was your usual experimentation for vaccines and antivirals. It got loose. And until they cop to that, I don't think all this talk about vaccines makes any amount of difference. Where are you on that? You know, I, I don't know. But here's what I do know. You know, we've been, we, you know, our magazines are weekly. We were writing about the protests going on in Hong Kong a year ago, June. They couldn't stop these things. I used to be on, I, a number of times I'm on Hong Kong TV, you know, on and on. You know, I, I was tuning right into it. They couldn't stop it. I, I talked to the guys, you know, during a break. We're not going to stop. We're, we're staying out there, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, this virus breaks out. you on province, right? Mm-hmm. And they're showing us, they're building, they're building uh, hospitals in a week. And they, they're really blowing this thing up. All of a sudden, they start locking down places, and they lock down Hong Kong. And that was the end of the Hong Kong protests. And then a couple of months later, they passed the, the National Security Act. You can't do anything anymore. We're totally in charge now. The Hong Kong protests are over. They could not end it any other way. 
As I see it, they ended it this way. Worked like a charm. It, it really did. Uh, going back to, you know, and I thought the same thing, too, when I heard about 106 dead, but the old figures lie and liars figure. Every time I hear these numbers, I just want to throw something at the television set. The first thing I say is, oh, wait a minute, 94% of these deaths had underlying conditions that probably caused the demise of the person, and the test inaccuracy is insane. Uh, the amount, the percentage of tests versus the general population is nuts. So the numbers are delivered in such a way for maximum viewer impact, but they have no real relevance. You're 100% correct. We're getting the next magazine out for tomorrow, and I'm writing about what's going on in Australia. And, you know, they locked down Melbourne again, this guy, this uh, Mm -hmm. Danny Andrews there uh, in the state of Victoria. They locked down Melbourne. And you're looking at the cases, right? You have, so now you have a population of 25.5 million people. 25.5 million people. March, April, May, June, July, August, September, now we're going into October. About 852 deaths. 852 deaths over seven months in a population of 25.5 million. Oh, and I forgot. Over 500 of those deaths came from nursing homes, right? from elder care homes. And you're locking down everywhere. Not only are you locking it down, you can't leave five, what is it, five meters or something, you know, or yeah. whatever, you know, a couple of miles. You can't go outside the zone. They're making this stuff up, just like they had us as kids hiding under desks in case they had a bomb went off right. when I was a kid. They're telling us, Oh, when you sit down, you can eat, but when you stand up, you got to put that mask on. You know what I mean? They're making this stuff up. The same imbecile, moronic psychopaths that had us living in fear and terror as kids during the Cold War, doing these worthless air raid drills, are doing the same thing to us now. The thing I never understood about the duck and cover drills was the poor kid who was sent out to get the flag. I mean, this is the last <laughs> thing anyone needs to worry about at this point. <laughs> So, yeah, I uh, I saw through that ruse immediately. But but you're right. The, the 50s, the Cold War, there were people literally building bomb shelters. You still find them occasionally stocked with food and all of that stuff. And that's why, again, fear is the greatest motivator. They, they, yep. They've come across something that's guaranteed to cause people to in lockstep behave. And woe be the person who doesn't. I mean, we've seen the, the violence against, uh, heaven forbid, you're not wearing your mask. The, oh, yeah. The, the mother at the... Uh, a football game who was yep. tased over over this and now of course one of the things i've always loved about you is you're uh, we're, we're kind of a lot aligned on how we feel about the financial world and of course you know i've been waiting for for the crash a long time 2008 i think both of us expected it because the bank of international settlements changed the rules but where we are now where people are further in debt we're almost at negative interest rates. Uh, we're, we're at a point where there is no real economy. Now we've got COVID. What a great thing to blame it on and everything else. Where are we going financially? Well, well we're in the greatest depression. There, there, there's, the streets are empty. The streets are empty. Not only here, all over the world. I mean, you're looking at it, at air travel, uh, global air travel down 85%. Oh, yeah, the summer's over. Oh, you had a great tourist season in Europe this year, didn't you? Oh, yeah, those unemployment rates, though, they don't mean anything. 
it's one after another, hospitality sector, tourism, uh, restaurants, it, retail, on and on and on. Oh, now they're saying, you know, to be careful now with Christmas season coming up, you know, don't put too many people in a store. Uh-huh. No, this thing's going down big time. You look, at, you look at, at what's going on around the world. Before this lockdown happened, one of our top trends for 2020, and they come out in June, in, excuse me, December, just before the new year, was New World Disorder. There were riots, protests, and demonstrations going on around the world. Lebanon, Algeria, France, Hong Kong, uh, Chile, Bolivia, Peru, Colombia, India, people with South Africa. People were taking to the streets because of lack of basic living standards, crime, government corruption, violence. And then all of a sudden, the COVID war breaks out, and they lock down everything. Now, those conditions that existed before this have now worsened. Germany was going into a recession in the end, the last quarter of 2019. They were moving toward it. They had flat GDP growth. India had was their GDP growth was going down for seven quarters in a row. Japan was going into recession. Mexico was going into recession. This is in 2019. And now, now, what's going on? How many, oh, what did Yelp come out with the uh, last week? Oh, only 60% of the businesses that closed down won't open up again? Yeah, oh, don't only, worry about that. Only. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the perfect excuse for uh, for what I, I think has been coming anyway, and we'll continue to talk about that. I'm talking to Gerald Salente, and that's my honor to have him here, and he will talk to you as well if you call 888-876-5593. That's 8888-R-O-L-L-Y-E. Trendsresearch.com. I've got a link on Raleigh.net if you don't remember that for some reason, and uh, I guarantee you, you'll be you'll be reading for a while. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about uh, about what's going on with the currency as as well. What's behind the No, I'm sorry, we don't have change for you. There's a coin shortage. All that and more on WGN Radio. We're talking to Gerald Salente. You can join us on WGN Radio. Trendsresearch.com is the website and it's impossible to talk about trends or the economy right now without, at least as far as I'm concerned, being absolutely amazed at what the stock market's been doing. Well, certainly the first of, first of uh, September, I looked at those numbers I said, this is impossible. What's going on? Well, you know what's going on. You mentioned before, back in 2008, how we both saw what was happening and where it was going. And they didn't teach us in Economics 101 or graduate school anything about quantitative easing yeah. or negative and zero interest rate policy. They didn't mention a word about the Federal Reserve. And again, as your listeners know, you know, it's as federal as Federal Express. Right. You know, it's 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 the banking gang, private or private private banks. You yeah. know, it, it pumped in twenty nine trillion with a T into the banking system between two, that late two thousand and seven and two thousand and ten, according to the Levy Institute at Bard College. Right. So the whole thing, and now all of a sudden, oh, this is capitalism. How about socialism for the rich? Oh, what we're going to do is, 
Oh, we're going to buy those junk bonds that aren't worth crap? Oh, don't worry about it. We'll buy them. Oh, no, we won't buy them. You, the little people, the workers of Slavelandia, actually, you're going to pay for them. You pay for everything. Too big to fail? Oh, no, no. They're too big to fail. You can fail any time. Oh, and by the way, you'll pay for them so they don't have to fail. The whole game is rigged right in front of our eyes. You know, you're talking about this, you know, this September. You know, go back to last September when all of a sudden they started dumping that money into the repo markets. Yes. Nobody knew what a repo market was. And all of a sudden, $7 trillion dumped into it so the trading houses could get money for free to go gambling. This thing was going down last October. Excuse me, last August. And then he started pumping that dough in. Yeah, uh, you know, it's the No Bank Left Behind uh, program, obviously, and I neither federal nor reserve and uh, you look at this but it's been going on now as you know much longer than i thought that it could and what i find interesting of course is how all the different segments of business i don't care if it's banking or it's radio stations or department stores everything has consolidated to the point that you've got oligopolies you've got two or three people but they got there by eating everybody up based upon ridiculous you mentioned junk bonds all the subordinated debentures are just insane when you look at those numbers there's no actual money here no it's digital trash Printed on nothing and backed by nothing. I mean, we're on exactly the same page. And I, I agree with you 100%. And, and this is criminality. This isn't the America that I grew up in. This isn't the America of, uh, you know, of my, my, my parents and my grandparents, may their souls rest in peace. When they came here, it was the land of opportunity. And, you know, when I, when I was a young guy, I mean, there was a thing they used to call them stationary stores. Sure. Yeah, before they had Staples and that <laughs> other one. Oh, and how about hardware stores before the Home Depots and Lowe's on, in every neighborhood? And drug stores before, you know, the, the, the CV, what was the CVS? Nobody ever heard of one. You know, and then it's on and on. Walmart, I remember when there were the movements going on in the, in the 80s mm-hmm. to stop all of this from happening. And they deregulated. They, they did away with the robinson Patman Act, the Sherman Antitrust Act, the Clayton Antitrust Act. And then that other guy, uh, Slick Willie Clinton, did away with the Glass-Steagall Act mm-hmm. so all the banksters could take over big time. You know, when I was a young guy... You know, I, I remember when there were local banks, and there was a thing against interstate banking. Of course. The banks could only deal within the states. Right. Of course. Uh, yeah, right. And I was like, I guess about 78, 79 when they had that first interstate bank. But sure, I remember in, in Ventura, we had the Bank of A. Levy. It was just a guy and things of that nature. But, of course, Bank America today isn't anything that was Bank of America years, years and years ago. And we can talk about leverage buyouts and everything that's happened since but the the problem well there's so many problems but one of the problems that i see with the ridiculously low interest rates supposedly to foster growth is that people who have fiduciary responsibility like insurance companies or like pension funds they have to get into wildly speculative investments in order to make enough money to pay out these pensions or the or the claims and that's the house of cards i wonder about there's so many things i wonder about 
Oh yeah, no, they they they, they got to gamble. And again, how about how about we the little people? Again, when I was a kid, you know, oh so and so down the block, they re, they retired and they went to Florida, you know. Right. You know, oh, they had a savings. They had a savings account. You know, a savings yeah. account. What's a right. savings account? Right. Never saving, heard of that before. The, the savings clubs, of course. Absolutely, yeah. that you do. Yeah, it's. Uh, we'll continue to talk about this. I've got Gerald Salente. You go to trendsresearch.com, and uh, absolutely, I think we both know where it's going. I think neither of us knows when, but Gerald might. So we'll find out about that. We'll take your calls too on WGN Radio. Gerald Salente is my guest. Trendsresearch.com. The headlines alone are priceless. Emerging markets submerging. No, isn't that the truth? I'll tell you what. See, that's the thing. Uh, some of these really resonate because there's uh, such facts behind it. But where are we going? Well, that's what Trends Research is about, and Gerald Salente is joining me. And so, as we look at this mess, and yes, obviously you look at the stock market, and, and it, it's not real. It's uh, it's a wonderful work of, uh, of fiction, yet, uh, yet people continue to play along. What do you think is going to happen between now and the end of the year with the market? I think we're going to have a major correction between now and Election Day. And I would say even possibly a bear market. Everyone knows. I mean, there's no... I mean, even the gamblers know it, too, that the whole thing is rigged. And country after country is dumping in all this cheap money to try to uh, artificially prop up their economies. And we even saw what happened last week with uh, Turkey. And they increased interest rates because their leader was taking such a hit. And Erdogan, the prime minister, said he wouldn't raise interest rates, but they had to because people were bailing out of the leader so heavily. And it's one market after another where they've dumped in all this cheap money. This is unprecedented in world history. People would say to me, you know, Salenti, you know, you called it wrong. You said we're going to go into the Great Depression, Great Greater Depression in 2012. And I said, you're right, I got it wrong. Because I have no idea that they would make up all this stuff and do all these different things like they've never done in world history. And how do you know when a pathological liar is lying? That's, that's their strength. They're pathological liars. And that's who's running the show. Again, by their deeds you shall know them. How much more money do they have to steal from us and give to the bigs. And you mentioned before uh, about when they started changing the banking laws yeah. in what, 19, late 1970s, correct? Right. And who was the guy that did that? Well, that was Carter. That's Jimmy Carter, who all, oh, they love Jimmy Carter. Oh, he was so wonderful. The peanut farmer. Oh, he did away with the usury laws, I think, as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you could charge him any interest you want. It's uh, it's an equal opportunity uh, bash to, to be sure because of course you know Reagan gave us the LBO and then uh, uh, under Clinton's watch I love the way they decided that uh, securities could be rated based on the underlying asset of the derivative not the derivative itself and on and on where with with each minute it becomes phonier and phonier I would contend by the way you were right in 2012 uh, it's just that it didn't show itself what we're looking at is the fund fundamentals here reek. And I always say at a time like that is that, well, there's only two things that can happen. 
One is that they can crash it for their own ends on their own timetable, or two, it can finally get away from them that there's no longer any play left. And I wonder which it will be, but I feel like we are on the precipice of one of them. Oh, I agree, and I believe it's going to crash. Again, the when I don't know, and as we're forecasting and had forecast back last June, June 6th to be precise, we sent out a trend alert to our subscribers about the gold bull run, and gold was $1,332 an ounce, and now it's in the, about 1860, it was mm-hmm. into 2000 and again, it's not in the best interest of the banksters to keep gold and silver prices high. Silver, we said back this past June, when it was 17.50 an ounce, that it would go higher than gold percentage-wise. Yeah, and it has. And so we're looking at precious metals, and also we don't discount the uh, uh, cryptocurrencies. Because younger generations have a whole different outlook on life than the older folks. And for them, the cryptocurrencies are the real thing, even though they're not. So we, we believe also, when you look, for example, at Bitcoin, you know, this thing's been traveling between the 7000 to $10,000 range for over a year. And remember, it started from nothing. And it is nothing. It's, it's digital. It, it, it's not even that. And and so people are going into this because they understand the real weakness of the fake economy. And here's what else I have to say. It's very necessary for the governments to keep the equity market strong because the average person on the street has absolutely no idea what's going on. And then all of a sudden they hear, oh, the stock market's crashed. Oh, the stock market's crashed. Then they know how bad it is. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's, uh, it's certainly an indicator if that were to happen. It, it, it puts legs on it, but you're right. Uh, the, the thing that I see is where all these companies that are contracting as they continue to uh, eat other companies and, of course, uh, lower their costs by getting rid of people or what have you, uh, most of them are no longer greedy. They're trying to survive. They're all on the brink of just losing it, and that's what I find fascinating. Oh, yeah. Uh, I agree with you, and, and this is unprecedented. What we're going through now is unprecedented in written history, where the whole world locks down over the virus, over the coronavirus. This has never happened before. And again, you know, you go back, you go back when this began, when they started locking down and they started closing down schools in February and then started calling these lockdown measures in, in March. Oh, it'll come back. Oh, it'll come back. Oh, it'll be a V-shaped recovery. It'll come back. That was the line they were giving out. Yeah. They, I, they call this, you go back, these are the facts. The politicians in the media call this a war, the COVID war. Just as they start wars without exit strategies, they did the same thing with this one. No one was talking about the socioeconomic or geopolitical implications of closing down and locking down societies. 
But as I say, it's perfect timing because it masks what's going on in many ways. Now, when you're seeing businesses close in in high percentages, oh, well, it was COVID-19 that did it when you fail to mention that the fundamentals were problematic beforehand. And of course, as we're saying with the the politicians who have their own agendas going on with all this, it's uh, uh, many things about it are as phony as the the dollar is at this point in time. And uh, you're right, it's all all phony. And when you talk about precious metals, and I'm a, I'm a big believer in precious metals if you actually own the metal, but more gold and silver, as you well know, is traded each day than exists on the planet. Uh, paper oh, yeah. 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 And yep. that that absolutely impacts the price. Yep. And, and the other thing, too, with, with silver, you know, there's no stockpiles of silver. Right. And, and, and they use it in everything, you know, the, the cell phones and, and, and keyboards, whatever. And it goes into the dump. So there's no stockpiles of it. And as you also said, you know, this was going on before. I mean, you know, as a New Yorker, there were, there were four red signs all over New York City last year, before, long before this happened. Right. From the West Village up to Fifth Avenue, Madison Avenue, Park Avenue, for rent, for rent, for rent, for rent, for rent, for rent. And now the city is dead. Midtown is no town. Yeah, the neon lights, they're not shining on Broadway. Matter of fact, the Metropolitan Opera said they're not going to open up maybe till 2021. The whole place is dead. This doesn't snap back. All these people, and, and, and the restaurants, so many restaurants, are, they're, mm. they're owned by, by individuals. Right. They put their whole lives into this. No, it's, it's gone. It's it's just horrible, uh, as sad as it can be. And yeah, you add to that what's going on with regard to the unrest and things of that nature, and uh, the big cities are being abandoned. That's uh, one of the underreported stories: is people who can leave are leaving. Well, I'll give you one. I'm in Kingston, New York. I'm originally a guy from the Bronx, and. Um, uh, Kingston, New York, was the first capital of New York State. Third Dutch settlement. Mm -hmm. More pre-Revolutionary War stone buildings here than anywhere else. I moved here, I I moved up to Rhinebeck after I left Chicago, actually, in 1979. Rhinebeck is where Chelsea Clinton got married. It was a farm town when I got Mm -hmm. up there. Anyway, Bloomberg, about a month ago, of 181 cities in America... The prices in Kingston went up the highest, 18%. They're flooding out of the city. And I also bought three pre-Revolutionary War stone buildings on the most historic four corners in America, the only place with pre-Revolutionary War stone buildings. And I bought them. I'm not a real estate guy. I bought them for the historic value and that the seeds of democracy was sown here. And I wouldn't be me if I was born in Ataville, Apino, Vico, Quince. I'm me because I'm a guy born in the Bronx, born to be free. And this is my country. That's why I bought these buildings. So talking about what you're talking about, this whole place now is flooded with New Yorkers. And the kind I don't like. (laughs) The kind that are telling me to put on a mask, that I believe in Andy Cuomo, the little boy born on third base and thought he had a home run playing governor like his brother Chris on CNN. That would be nobody nowhere if daddy wasn't Mario. Yeah, those people are moving up here. And they're moving like that all over the country. They're emptying out of Chicago. They're emptying out of San Francisco. They're emptying out of L.A. They're emptying out of Boston. They're emptying out of places 
densely populated cities. By the way, we said this in March that this would happen because violence, when people lose everything and have nothing left to lose, they lose it. And you're seeing them losing it now in so many different ways. You're going to see, you're going to see homicide rates go up, crime rates go up, violence. This is unprecedented what we're facing now. Well, what's interesting about that is while the rates are rising, and that, that is part and parcel of you lock people up and say you can't go out, you know what's, what's going to be the result, but uh, we have at the same time the defund the police movement. So it's, uh, it's like a one-two punch there. But as you were talking about Kingston and, and what was coming in, I thought to myself, that sounds so much like native Vermonters who also are just being inundated yep. with, uh, with people. And you're seeing that around the, the country. Now, what's interesting about that to me is that most of rural America, get beyond the exurbs, has lousy infrastructure. I mean, the broadband is just horrible. And, you know, so much of that is because all these court cases come down and they won't let municipalities or electric companies go ahead and, you know, spend that. It's got to be for the private company. Well, the private company is not interested in doing it. So my hope is that you're going to start to see real quality broadband because if people are moving to the exurbs and beyond, they're going to need that. Oh yeah, well up here it's pretty it's pretty solid, you know where well, we you're, are. You're still in society. You're not far from yeah, Woodstock, yeah, and you know yeah. all that. And, you're I mean, fifteen minutes from Woodstock, right? Actually. Exactly, and you're not all that far from Poughkeepsie, and you know yeah. on and on. So it's not it's not like you know you're in Elephant's Breath, Montana, or something. Uh, so from that standpoint, uh, there are a lot of rural communities that are just suffering. And you look at how they're closing and you think, well, a call center can't come there. They don't have the broadband infrastructure. Businesses can't go there. They might not have water pressure in some cases. And on and on the story the story is. And you wonder, with this migration, whether we're going to see, the, and even if there's any funds to do it, uh, the building up of these communities. Well, you're going to start seeing real problems with with tax rates going down. Uh, not tax rate; they're going to increase our taxes, but the money going to pay for taxes is going to go way right. down right. as businesses and people go broke. So you're going to see. You know, you're, how about Illinois? I mean, you want to talk oh. about a problem already before all this happened, and now with the taxes coming, you know, not coming in, it's going to get a lot worse. We're going to see new commercial real estate. Commercial real estate in New York City, apartment rentals. They, 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 yeah, I'll give, you, I'll give you a friend of mine. Hudson Yards, $35 billion. They built this ugly thing on the west side of New York. <laughs> a, a friend calls him up and says, listen, you could, get, you could get a two-room apartment on the 70th floor for $3,900. Oh. This would have gone for like fifteen thousand dollars before this happened. Oh, and it's another it's another friend, lower. another friend, ten thousand dollars for a penthouse on the Upper East Side. It's just an ad. He puts it in for five thousand within within a minute. They email him back and said seventy five hundred. They don't even know if this guy's for real, and he did it. That's how bad things are. Yeah, and like I said, the commercial real estate market. And, and the apartment rental market in densely populated cities are going to go down big time. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. 888-876-5593. Gerald Salente joins us. you got to go to the website, trendsresearch.com. I'm Raleigh James. It's WGN Radio.
WGN Radio. I'm Raleigh James. We'll forego a bumper because I don't want to miss a minute of Gerald Salente. TrendsResearch.com is the website. And yes, you can call us at 888-876-5593. And You know, you mentioned what was going on in Kingston. One of the problems is also that people who have lived there all their lives, uh, especially if they've been renters, uh, they're now priced out of the neighborhood, to say the least. Where are they going? Oh, yeah. No, you can't get, there's no rentals available here. No, they're they're hurting big time. Right. So if you you have to leave because you can't afford to live there, where do you go? Yeah, you don't. And and that's the problem. And it, it, it's like what happens in, in, in places like Aspen and all those other oh, places where you yeah. need workers and they can't afford to live around there. And and the bad part about this is, you know, although my property values have gone way up, I like I, I don't care. I, I liked it before when there was life on the street. Right. And there were people that I knew and liked. And now I, I, there's this whole... And again, it's a riot. You know, again, you know, I'm a guy, you know, I'm born in the Bronx, you know, and I say to people, where are you from? We're from New York. Oh. Well, what are you talking about? You're from New York. Where you? Yeah. <laughs> they have an attitude like you can't believe. Oh, just scary stuff. James is in South Chicago. Welcome to WGN Radio, James. Hello, Ollie. I, I love your program. Okay, I got two, two, two questions. One, okay, how long do you think this economy will rebound? A couple of years? Although my, my thoughts on it, I think it's going to be about eight. One friend might say maybe 25 years. And the second question has to do with now that you come to the point where full employment isn't really the whole thing you can have or even a goal in this new economy, where does that leave the economy? and the whole sense of the word of it. Good questions. We're going to answer them. Thanks for calling, James. So, as far as looking way down the road, do you see a turnaround, and when would it be, Gerald? Unfortunately, I have to tell you, this is probably, I've never been sadder for this kind of reason in my life. History is repeating itself as I see it. Go back to the 1929 crash, and then you had a trade war going on and a currency war. Then you had the Great Depression and World War II. And as I see it now, we have a currency war, a trade war. We're going into the greatest depression, and I fear the war will follow. Mm-hmm. Because when all else fails, they take you to war. Right. Yeah, that's and, true. Yeah, and people have no idea what's going on around the world with the riots and demonstrations and protests going on. And it's going to get much worse. These these civil wars are going to spread over into regional wars. And you, you already hear it, you know, what's going on with China, what's going on between China and India. And in and, and, and India, India's a mess. And, you know, it was one of the fastest-growing economies. And now it's, you know, what, they have a 26% uh, GDP decline or something, 20-something percent in the last last quarter i mean it's just unprecedented and and so again when you get the people's minds off things you take them to war and that's my greatest concern yeah i would i would agree with that now economically speaking the lack of need for full employment and we're sort of there we've been coming there whether it's robotics or any of the other digital advancements we have we no longer need all the worker bees we had uh, in the 1800s people left the agrarian society to come to the city where there were jobs now we're having another paradigm shift there's not need for full employment how do you fix that you don't 
and there's too many people and not enough jobs. Right. And as you mentioned, with robotics, it's even going to get worse. Look at the look at the migrant and refugee crisis around the world. That was going on long before this. You know, people. Oh, oh I forgot. There's a place just south of the border. Was it Latin America? <laughs> oh yeah, the economy. Oh, Argentina economy. Oh, it's doing great. It's doing great. They all want to stay down there. Oh. Everyone, everyone's doing blockbuster business. Oh, and the violence and the crime? No, the people don't want to leave and try to escape anywhere else. Yeah. They got all the jobs they want. Oh, in Africa. Oh, Africa's just, it's boom time in South Africa. <laughs> I mean, it's one place after another. You're looking at depressions. It's going to be interesting times. Hopefully we will talk again soon because there'll be no shortage of things to discuss. Let me ask you, let me put you on the spot here because we've been wagering bets off the air. Is Biden going to show for the debates tomorrow night? Yeah, he'll show up, but I don't know if his mind will. (laughs) Well, I'm sure we'll be talking soon. Thanks, Gerald. I appreciate it.